Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, CC, and welcome all to part 67 of our weekly podcast, The Current View with the Idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran, and supporting the Jeff Astle Foundation. How are you, mate? Fine, thank you. Bit what? uh peeved, peeved off with this uh, lockdown. Yeah, we all know? are, aren't we? So, I mean, it's getting out of hand now, all of it. You know, you've got the ones what uh, saying that we should abide by it, and then you've mm. got the ones what, you know, uh, don't believe in what the government's telling us. So, it, I think it's getting one or two people down altogether now. It certainly is, and fans can't go into football grounds because of the various tiers that we're in and most of the country seems to be, well, we're in lockdown now. We're all put into tier four and we're in lockdown. It could get worse. We could even be in tier five and we might not be out of it till April. However, the one bonus is because no fans are allowed into football grounds, we've got every game on the TV and we see so many magic moments. So what have you sourced for us this week or this last two weeks, TC? Well, I mean, it's so difficult to pick these out, mm. to pick out, you know, your favourite uh, magic moment. I mean, you look at you look at Danny Ings the other night, absolutely, what an, an exquisite goal that was yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, he's taking it over his shoulder and then, then the people, when he, when he scores, the people are turning around, did he mean it? Of course he did. You know, without a question of a doubt, if you look at, if you watch it, yeah, yeah. his look and his glance to see where the goalkeeper is. Mm. Uh, and the um, the acute angle and his body shape to be able to do that uh, is incredible. And with that greater goal, that good of a goal, then I said to myself, "Is how could I not pick that? And then I see uh, Eze do the goal against Sheffield United. And then you're going to get the people, what you know, what look at that goal and say, oh, well, why weren't he fouled? Of course they can foul him. But in this day and age, if they foul him, uh, is it a sending off offence? You just... It might not be a sendable for fence. You might be able to foul him without getting sent off. But when someone's on a run like that, and I know because times I, I would run at people and you just drop that shoulder, faint that shoulder, it puts the obviously the defender off balance. Yeah. Yeah, and you can look at it from both from both uh, aspects of it. Uh, the ones what saying that the, the, the defender should have fouled him and the ones what thinks it was a great goal. Like me and you, look at that and we think, you know, what a goal. Yeah. And then you get the ones what said, well, you should, should have brought him down. I agree with that. I agree. I agree with both sides of it. Right? But the one I'm going to go for is the one what you posted with a kid. Yeah. Has pulled it down. Yeah. It's incredible. Then he's, he's taken it one way and then back heeled it into net. Yeah. You know, I look at the other two and I think, well, how can I not pick them two? But you, you, you've got to make a judgment for the, for the, for the magic moment. And that, that gave me more pleasure because he's he's pulled the ball down uh, and he's taken it away from the goal and then he's got everybody having the brightness to think well bump and back heel it and you know so all three are great magic moments but the one I'm going for is 
I forget what the kid's name is now. Nadim Amiri. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm going to put that as my magic moment of uh, the last two weeks. I just um, shared it onto my Facebook account and I said to Tom, is that the most nonchalant back yeah. that you've ever seen? It's incredible, isn't it? Yes, it is. incredible goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, you looked at Manchester City against Chelsea. Mm. I mean, sometimes I like to pick a team performance out. Yeah. I mean, that was City back to the best. But again, you can look at you can look at Chelsea going a more defensive uh, way of playing. You know, I was saying to Tom the other day about Fodden. When I look at him, when when that under twenties were in that World Cup, yeah. and Aidy Boothwhite, had him on bench, I think that, no wonder why we are so mm. poor at that coaching level. It's untrue. You know, but the Manchester City performance through the night against Chelsea. But again, and I don't like to really criticise, just criticising people. I mean, when I write about things, if, if everybody looks at what I'm writing about, it's philosophy of the team, correct? Of managers. Mm. I don't criticise players and managers for poor performances because, first and foremost, we have to look at how good what the opposition was on that day. Mm. And at the same time, they can be, they can have an off day in Chelsea. Man City were absolutely fantastic and played some absolutely unbelievable football. Foden and, and De Bruyne and all these. But what, what I looked at and analysed and I thought to myself, Frank, you're going to have to be more braver than this if you're going to, you know, because I want Lampard and Gerard to do really well. Because yes, if they don't do well, if they don't do well, <clears throat> you can forget English coaches unless we get one what comes out at the back. Mm. You know, because they've got to be more braver than that. Especially when you spend money like Chelsea spent. You know, you've got to you've got to have a go at these teams. You've got to put you, teams have got to do what to Manchester City, what Manchester City do to them. Yeah. Put them under pressure. Let's see if they can handle being put under pressure. We know we know they've got top quality players, and we know over the well, it's, it's not just over this two or three season he's been at uh, Manchester City. He's done it at Barcelona. And regardless of what anybody else says, he still have to keep doing it. Yeah, of course you do. You know, and you have to do it. I mean, he changed the way how the Germans. Uh, play their football or buy Munich and this manager what's taken over now has taken even them on to the next level mm. uh, of, of a football team a great of a great team and they're obviously by Munich they're the best team in Germany by far uh, but some of the football they played last season and, and to, to go on to win the uh, Champions League was unbelievable great mm. football and I'm one of these what will give anybody the credit what they deserve and I'll always revert back to Leeds. He hasn't spent fortunes, but he's coached that team in a way that they'll get results. They're never going to win major things because there's bigger teams out there. When I say bigger teams, not bigger clubs, but the bigger teams because they've got better yeah. quality players than Leeds United. Correct. You know, I can watch Leeds United play football, you know, whether they win, lose, or draw, because I like the way they are, you know. Whatever way Sheffield Wednesday play, I always watch Sheffield Wednesday. I always do, right? And I don't like to criticise them because it gets everybody arguing when it's a team mm -hmm. I support, you know, and it's a team I want to do well. But I can't watch it. When I say I can't watch it, I watch us play, but it's not pretty to watch. That's what I'm, I'm getting up with Sheffield Wednesday. But I like to see teams that play football. So the teams that will go out and try and win games will always win major trophies. Let's look at, you're absolutely correct in your assessment there. <clears throat> Leeds United, and Manchester City, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to Leeds United, and I'm not being, but they both play 
a similar style of football under Bielsa and Guardiola. The only difference is Manchester City have got better players. By the way, you know, listen, you're 100% right. Yeah. I mean, listen, people will write on my wall and they'll say, what's Bielsa won? Mm. He has won a few trophies. Mm. You know, he hasn't won them all over the world. But what he believes in yeah. is coaching players yeah. and improving players and trying to win. Like Ferguson fetched those... Uh, oh, it's not just Ferguson. Everybody everybody related to the, uh, the Manchester... Uh, Gigs, uh, skulls, and all them. Classic a lot of people, what, yeah. a lot of people, what related to, to fetching those through, but Fergie were brave enough to play them. Correct. So Bielsa, so you're 100 percent right. They're never going to win major trophies because they don't have the players that what Manchester City have. Correct. But when you look at when you look at Guardiola, mm. he's never bought massive major players, has he? No, he's always you said. Know, there's a ceiling, we're not going above it. Hence, Maguire going to United rather than City. Yeah. So, when I look at it, I agree one, you know, and I'm not agreeing with it for sake of agreeing with it. You're mm. talking sense. Yeah. You know, it's great to watch Leeds, but they're never going to be able to match Manchester City on a, on a, on a one-off occasion they could do. Mm. But over a season, uh, they'll never have that consistency like Leeds have, uh, like uh, Man City have, because they've got uh, better quality players. And another thing that I've noticed at this last, well, throughout the season, if, if I'm absolutely honest, when Manchester City absolutely banjoed Liverpool last season, they'd won the league already, granted, I'll give them that. They had the guard of honour and they absolutely ripped them a new one. I saw signs of cracks in Liverpool's team and I have done for a long time. I've said it for some time now. Liverpool's midfield isn't good enough. And I remember Odie telling me about when he went to Stoke and he said, how how you develop and get your defence better is by getting a better midfield. He said there was, there was Jackie Marsh was going blind. There was Dennis Smith that was struggling. And... Um, and uh, Alan Bloor, that was uh, also struggling as well. But when Udi arrived, they were like they were performing like world beaters with Mick Pedic as well in that solid back four. Oh, so, yeah. so what you do if you want to improve your defence, improve that midfield because the ball doesn't get through to the defence. But what Liverpool need to do is they haven't got that great midfield. They've got a couple of problems in defence and it's been highlighted because the midfield isn't good enough. Well, I, what I like, what I will highlight on all on all that, and, and, and this will prove yeah. that we don't agree for sake of agreeing with each other. Yep. I'll disagree with pair of you and Udi on, 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 on parts of that. What I mean by that, I think Liverpool are a very, very, very good team and they play some very oh, yes, so do attractive I. football. Mm. Make no mistake on that. Mm. But what I will say, choose who you are when you... I mean, Barcelona did it for 10 years, but I mean, you've got a Messi and really, really world-class players in that Barcelona team. Yeah, We, we would all agree on that. Mm. Liverpool have had two... Unbelievable seasons. Yes. And to say, and I don't think there's only you what, what she said that. I think there's lots of people mm. have always said about the Liverpool midfield. But what they produced for the, for the, for two seasons is unbelievable. Oh yeah, you 100%. know, hundred percent. So and so for me, 
I think they've burnt themselves out a, a little bit with some of the players what's in there, and I agree what you're saying, parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, good midfield players protect the back four. A good goalkeeper protect, protect the back four. Because we're all, what, what we do in this country, we'll say he's a good defender. We have about in, three players in front of that back four. They keep saying, oh, they're good players. Mm. Good defenders will say to good, good other good players, get out of my way. I'll sort that out. You push up and I can push up. So we're not letting people sit back. There's two parts of that, which is, I do agree with having, because if you've got quality players and people what's confident on the ball, it's going to help the back four. Correct. If you're not losing the ball, then yep. you're not putting your defence under pressure. Yep. Playing out from the back is not a problem. No. Unless you're giving the ball away. 100%. You know, so it's, it's little things like that what yep. you've got to improve. I mean, what I try and do when I'm looking at football, I wish I'd have wanted to walk away from it. Oh, yeah, I, I agree I with you. I don't know. I do not know whether I've been any good as a manager or not. I just, I, all I do is give people my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they're entitled to go uh, to have a go back. Uh, but it's not that I'm having a go. I'm just giving somebody my opinion, what I think. Hmm. You know, uh, and it's it's the philosophy I, I want to play. Uh, that If I'm going to have an argument with somebody, it would be that. But not in an argument way how they want to have the argument. I'm trying to express uh, what I feel about playing, what, play, how, how I want my team to play football. Yeah. So I agree with part of you, what you're saying. But even that midfield player, and I mean, you look at Henderson, he's a very, very good player. Yeah. But who would you call him an Iniesta and his habit? And I don't want people to think I'm being cruel there. I just want them to think, you know, when I look at it, there is, there is different ways and, and different players do different good jobs for teams. And a prime example was John McGovern at Notts Forest. Yeah. Because the gaffer, Brian Clough, used to say to John McGovern, get the ball, young man, and give it to someone what can play because you can't play. Correct. You know, and, and he weren't having a go at him, mm. but then he would have a go at well, I say I would have a go. It would say to Robbo or to me, he's done your work today, lads. Give him some of your wages. You know, so he lifted people and he made people believe in uh, being better than what uh, anybody else would think, you know. Yeah. So I agree with you about the midfield, 100%, because when you look at Tony Curry and Stan Bowles and you look at Henderson, but he said different players can do a good job and help players like Udi uh, in that midfield. Because if you've got two players like Cuddy and Bowles in there, and you've got a, a, an Udi midfield player like Henderson, it gives them that freedom to go and express themselves and go uh, and you know go uh, go more advanced. John so it's getting So it's getting the right balance to the team. I've always said you've got to get the right balance to the team. And that's what Stoke had with, when Udi joined, because they had John Mahoney, the Welsh international, Josh, yeah. who who done that that work, but was also a very good player and scored some goals for Stoke City as well. That's the important thing. Yeah, that's the important thing. What you've just said. Mm. It was a very good player. Yeah, but he got one. Of the, he got an engine what could get up and around. Absolutely. And that's that, That's you hit the nail on the head there, mm. pair of you. Absolutely spot on, TC. My magic moments. I've got to say, you're absolutely bang on with, uh, with with easy, and also your assessment of the way that people view the game, and it all comes down to your philosophy. When I saw that goal, I stood up and applauded, and I was absolutely enamoured 
with his skill, with his balance, with his guile, with his precision, everything that I want in a football player. And then I look on Facebook and, well, social media accounts, and I'm going, kick him up in the air, kick him up in the air. Look, the kid, he was just absolutely majestic, and it was like the working man's ballet. It was superb. I didn't want to write about it when I first saw it. And the reason why I didn't want to write about it is because mm. people would have thought I'd be having to go at Sheffield United. Yeah, I get that. I, want, I wanted people to digest it. Yeah. Because I, I digested it. Mm. And looking what they would be saying about it, why didn't somebody kick him? Why didn't mm. somebody bring him down? Mm. I agree with all that. The mm. problem with it, do we get, when do, when do you bring him down? The best, the best idea to bring him down is further away when he first set off. On the halfway line, yeah. The, the, the worst, you, the, the, if you leave it till he gets near to the box, the worst chance if you've got a man getting sent off. Mm. Yeah. Right. But I wanted to, I wanted to digest it to explain to people, mm. you know, when you're running at somebody with pace and you just drop your shoulder. Yeah. Right. It, it puts people off of balance. And all defenders will tell you the, 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 what they hate is people running them, running at them with pace. Yeah. So I wrote the following day and I wrote about it and, and I explained because I'm not into this uh, playground stuff, uh, Sheffield United, bottom of the league and no, all so, Yeah, exactly. You know, I always want Wednesday yeah. to do well. I always say Wednesday uh, at the big club and with the bigger club. And some fans will argue back at that, that I get and I understand it because they, they've had Sheffield United fans. But no one can take the, anything away from that goal Skill-wise, no one. Messi, not Messi, not Ronaldo, not Pelé, no one. Mm. Great goal. John Barnes against Brazil in, in Maracanã when he did it, exactly the same thing. Great type of run. Yeah. You know, all the great players, and I'm not classing him as a great player, but I, I class him as a top, top player. Yep. Right, when he was at QPR. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to be able to have ability and skill to do that. Oh, absolutely. And another Maisie run was uh, Ricky Villa in uh, 1981 in the FA Cup final. Just bear that in mind because we're going to be talking about the FA Cup in a moment. But I also wanted to uh, to talk about Saka and Tini's goals for Arsenal. I thought Saka's goal was a tremendous team goal from Arsenal. And I thought Tini's goal was just sublime. Listen, I have to say I had one or two people, and there's one. I haven't kicked him off my wall. I've kicked but it's how it. <laughs> well, I've, I've kicked a few through, through yeah. Trump, but, but not through football. Yeah. Um, and, and he's he having really sarcastic dicks without knowing that. I, he, because I'm not bothered whether the people agree with me. It's mm. when they get abusive. Yeah, he's absolutely. not abusive, and that's why I've left him on. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, what about um, Arteta? It was going to be this manager, going to be that manager. Well, in his first season at Arsenal, he's won the FA Cup and the Charity Shield. Correct. And I said, I'm not interested in anybody else. I'm mm. not interested in Brian Clough. I'm not interested in Guardiola because I, I don't know Guardiola, but I know Brian Clough. Mm. He, within the uh, the County Cup for Nottingham, what important to him. Yep. Within the Anglo-Scottish Cup, what important to him. Yep. Everything he did was important to him to win a match because it breeds success. Correct. And, and confidence. Mm. That's what he does. They've just gone through a bad patch, right? And I'll tell you when they started that bad patch, because I thought they played exceptionally well against Manchester United. Mm. 
And yeah, then they yeah. had a, a bad run. And they, all this money, you, you said it was going to be this, it's going to be that. But you know, last three games, mm. they've turned it round. Yeah. He hasn't bought really any top players yet. No, he hasn't. He's worked with what he's got. And I think he's doing a decent job, personally, Arteta. You know, I didn't mm. say, I didn't say, I said this kid will turn into a top manager. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. been there 12 months. And what he's done in 12 months yeah. is very, very good. Yes, it's it is. not brilliant. Mm. It's very, very good. I mean, all these players, David Luiz, everybody slags him off, right? But he's played well at at, uh, at Arsenal. But they've had some injuries. Yeah. <clears throat> no mistake. Yeah. All of the teams have injuries, right? But some of them will wait for me to fail because I give my honest opinion, mm. right? And I, sometimes have Arsenal looked poor? Of course they have. Mm. You know, but I want the question is ability because I, I look how he's coaching. I look, I mean, some of the goals they score when they score are fantastic, yeah. and they play some good football, even when they've got bait. Yep. I mean, everybody was slagging Chelsea off about the third goal. I understand it, mm. but you know, when you're two 0 down, you've got to try and get a goal. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Man City made Chelsea look poor, mm. and they were in all, or they've been no man's land because. It's how they were set up, and I'm not going to go up Frank. You've got to be brave enough to take these teams on. Of course, you're going back to Arsenal again. I'm going to agree with you because you're right what you're saying. Some of the football, some of the goals that they're scoring, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great to watch. Yeah. Even even if they're bottom of the league and they're trying to play some decent football, I I like I like watching Brighton. Yeah. I can watch Brighton. Yep. Because they're trying to play football. Mm. You know. Are they good enough to win it? No. Are they good enough to play in the Premier League? I don't know because you've got to be able to do it consistently enough to get the enough number of points in it. But they'll win more games trying to win than they will defending. I like that, lad, Sully Marsh. All the ones want to defend, mm. you know, finish up game relegated. You look at Newcastle. I've watched Newcastle a number of times this season. I'd boot them out of the league. And I like Newcastle. I think they're a fantastic football club. And by the way, happy birthday to Super Mac Malcolm McDonald, one of the greatest Newcastle United players ever to wear that black and white shirt. And our My 70s Part 2 with Malcolm is up on our SRB media now. And what what a top man. Malcolm, happy birthday. But let me go back onto that with Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. You know mm. that I praise... I don't like the way I see Bruce plays football, but you Super know fun. I praised him when over Gerard Ullier. Yeah. Because Ullier were more negative than what Bruce... I was. agree, yeah. Right? But mm. again, now he's got his feet on the table, he's gone more negative as Bruce. And I said they would stay up last season, and they have done, and I put they've got a chance of getting drawn into it mm. this year because of... What you just said, for some unknown reason, they played a little, not great attacking football, but they tried to play a post men more forward. This year, they've gone more defensive. And I tell you what, I think the nervousness has, has set in with the manager. And it's that what causes more. And I'm not having to play me, play, saying players don't have, have to take some play, because they do. Yeah. But they have, if a manager tells a player to do that, nine out of ten or eight out of ten will do that. Correct. Because they want to play the yep. following week. Some of the other players will say, well, I understand that, I want to do it, but the brain is telling them to do something else, so they will take that risk. Mm. And that's why they get picked on. When I say picked on, they'll get picked on, left out at team, pulled off and all that type of thing. When, they, when, when, when the result's not going right, they don't look what the setup was and how they're defending mm. And why are they defending? 
right? We can all say, well, we're playing Manchester City. We, we, we can't open up else they're going to take us to bits. Well, nine times out of ten, they take them, out, they take them to bits anyway. Yeah, but if you defend and you sit back and give them the ball, they're going to absolutely cream you. We've, we've seen with Liverpool when teams actually try and win a game against Liverpool, who, mm. you know, are champions at the moment, are the best team in the Premier League, have got one or two problems, certainly midfield and central defence with Gomez and uh, Van Dijk out. When you attack these teams, they're not used to being attacked. Attacked. And you see their vulnerability and you've got half a chance of winning a game. When you just sit back, your forwards might as well have the week off. It's pathetic. That first half against West Brom. Listen. I know, it's incredible. Huddersfield, who I played for, and I always want to do well. Yeah. Right. For two years, just got everybody behind the ball and finish up. Getting relegated. West Brom against Liverpool were pathetic the first half. Oh, absolutely. Pathetic. Mm. And that guy was that guy was saying, come on, yeah, there you go. They've got a result. What happens? They get beat 5-0 by Leeds United. Yep. And then get beat 3-0 by Arsenal. Mm. Right? Four. I could, four nil. I could mm. get into Three argument, but I don't want to get into argument because I have respect is... His thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, his philosophy. I don't agree with it, mm. but he's entitled to have a go back at me and say, oh, so and so. But I look beyond trying to pull people down. Mm. When I have a go at Sam Allardyce, I'm having a go, I'm having a go at philosophy, the philosophy. I do not like the way that his teams play. It's not him. Yeah. He's probably a great guy, Sam. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. No, mm. I'm leaving others, but I've I played against him many a time. You keep lumps out of you, Danny, let's be honest. <laughs> Couldn't get near me. <laughs> the other kid who played alongside him, a kid called Paul Jones, absolutely, absolutely fantastic football player. Yeah. And I mean fantastic football player. But, I mean, I'm not having a go at these. Just nobody wants English coaches to do well. I'm, yeah. I'm explaining what they're doing wrong. So yeah. the people will turn around and say to me, well, you haven't done it, so how do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I've never, nobody's ever given me a job. Yeah. Don't tell me to apply for it. I would never apply anymore for it. Don't apply. And if they want to say, if any football club wants me, and I've not, I've not managed at that level, I don't, I, I don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. Mm. When I played at Everton, when they were struggling, we played Man United, I told everybody, we'll beat these. Whether we beat them or not, that's not what, what I believed in. But I, at the same time, Gabby, right? I do know one thing, even though I like the tack, I've got to get my players to understand mistakes will cost us goals. We 100%. can't overcommit for sake of, we can't overcommit for, uh, for overcommitting sake. Yep. Right? And I'd want players in my team what could read the game, can, can fill holes in. Spot on. What could it be dangerous to us when yep. we haven't got the ball? Exactly. And that's what I've posted on my walls for so long. Yes, I love teams to go forward and attack, but you've also got to defend sensibly. You've got to defend properly. So when you've got the ball, you're attacking. When you ain't got the ball, you're all defending. And football is as simple as that. Well, when I looked at when I look at Bobby Moore, yeah. Not quick, read the game up, brilliant defender. Didn't need four to five other players in front of his wall, in front of the back four. Yeah. Right? Because nowadays, they either kick you to stop you playing mm. or they put everybody behind the ball to stop you playing. Yeah. Good defenders like Beresi and these other great, Alan Hansen, these prime example, Alan Hansen, mm. you know, 
can read a game, know when to intercept or try and intercept to win a ball, know when to delay. Mm. And what I mean by delaying, holding play up yep. and not committing themselves. And there's the odd, case, there's the odd time when you make it tattle uh, and you finish up on, on the floor of the defender. Good defenders and great defenders will always stay on the feet. Emily you said Why that. Why do they stay on the feet? Yep. It's to delay somebody or to push somebody away from goal. Mm. And when you see that type of defender, that's when you know they're the world-class defenders. Emily you said that. There was, there was times that I didn't go in for the ball. I'd let the forward have it, then I'd attack it because I knew I weren't going to win it. And, and Hansen and Uri, all the great defenders... That's what they do. They read the situation and then they defend the situation. Whereas some just go in without thinking and get clattered or clatter someone. And, and, it, and it often ends in tears there by a rash decision that results in the mistake and ultimately the goal is spot on to see. When I look at when I look at the Liverpool defenders, when I say defenders, yeah. I'm talking about central defenders now. Yeah. When I look at them, uh, Phil Thompson, yeah, genius, yeah, absolutely, absolutely genius because he read the game. Yeah, absolutely. When he, when England plays, it's different because they'll have a different formation. Of course, will. But at Liverpool, at Liverpool, and they played in Europe and played against the best teams in the world and yep. the best players in the world because the Italians. Used to buy all the best players in the world. Yeah, they did. Like we like we do now. Yeah. Practically, I mean, they'll never stop Barcelona and um, Real Madrid buying the the bee's knees, mm. the messes of this world. We know Messi's came through the through the system, but we're talking about the bee's knee players like Ronaldo. All these great players were bought by uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Um, when you look at Thompson, Anson, um, and Robertson. Watch them play. Go and have a look how they defended. Great look players. out. Yeah. Very rare. And it's very rare they get caught out. And, it, and at times they will get caught out. Mm. But when they get caught out, people will turn around and say, oh, they, they all make mistakes. We know. Everybody mm. makes a mistake. I'm never going to stop. Uh, not uh, say that people make mistakes. Cut out. They make, the teams and the players what make the least mistakes win the games. Spotter. Or don't concede goals. Put it that way. Absolutely spot on. TC, we've got to pay our respects to uh, to the doc, to Colin Bell and to Jerry Marsden. And yeah. although you got six three out great, of... Three oh, great. absolutely. You got six out of seven in the football forecast last time. So it's three, three. I do think that we should go out with you'll never walk alone. Yes. You well, know, paying yeah. our respects well, to Jerry. But it's the first time, it's the first time I've, I've picked a song out because when you're talking football... <laughs> And by the way, music, well, I used to love music yeah. and buy records or CDs or, you know, cassette players, videotapes, you know, and everything. Yeah. Uh, but when I'm talking football, my mind goes blank to picking a song. Yeah. So pick one out this, this week, but you're right, we, we, we ought to go out with, with, with Jimmy uh, in the pacemaker and you'll never walk alone. So we're spot on with that. And we've lost this year a lot of great... Uh, sports people yeah. and not just sports people but people in general yeah and, and of course you you played for uh, for, for Tommy at Derby County and um, did you play against Colin Bell or, or Colin retired by the time that you came on the scene it was around about that time wasn't it well yeah 
I'm not quite sure whether I did. Mm. I played for Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know if Colin was still playing in a, in a League Cup game. Um, I broke onto the scene at Doncaster. Yeah. And then I got me moved to for, for Forest, but Manchester City were in the in the uh, old first division. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, like Bremner and all them, I played against Billy when he went to Hull. Mm. So is that era? They were coming towards the end of their careers. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure whether I did. Somebody might pull, pick me up and say, uh, pull me up and say, yes, you did. Mm. But I, I cannot remember myself, you know, because uh, I would play second division with Forrest when he would have been playing at, uh, still at Manchester City. Yeah. When, did he only be play for? Are we, where did they buy him from? Bury, I think, didn't they? Yeah, I've got an idea, uh, Bury. And I'm, I'm almost certain without looking at it. That was a great shout, by the way, that. Yeah. Because I mean, I've not looked that up. That's a great shot. I can remember him playing at Bury. Francis Lee, where did Francis come from? Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. One come from Bury, one Bolton. And um, and then when you you look at that, uh, Be- um, Summerby, Bell. Oh. And, uh, and, and. Tell you what, what a brave. Francis Lee. Good, good player was um, Summerby. Oh. But, what a, but what a brave player. But then, then were the three, weren't they? Yeah, but people wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't um, mess around with, with, with uh, Mike Summerbit. Yeah, they, they, they were the major three, but they were, I mean, Tony Buck was a good player. For oh, them. And dear, they, mate, they, they were didn't all sign a great him. side. They didn't sign him until he was 29. Yeah. And he come out of amateur football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what trying to think of that team would be um, Corrigan. Joe Corrigan was in goal. Yeah. Come on then. Doyle. Doyle. Tony, Tony Buck was right back. Yeah. There was Mick Doyle. Yeah. Um, Colin Booth, was it? Senator? Yeah, Colin Booth. Willie Donnerke, uh, left back. Yes, it, it was before Donnerke, but I was going to say Willie Donnerke, right? Yeah. And then in, in midfield, you got Young. Yeah. Young. Uh, Bell. Yeah. Who else was in there? Uh, you got Summerby. Mike Summerby, right hand side. Mm-hmm. Who was in the forward? You would have had Lee, um, Francis Lee. Lee. Francis Lee. Was a centre forward, um, and then Easter Arthur came into that team. Well, they they got but, um, who was the boy that played? I don't think we, I don't he played think we for United. Win Davis. Win Davis. Win Davis yeah. was up front, wasn't he? And then yeah. and then Matt, um, Rodney Marsh was brought in to 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 replace them because yeah. you know you're always looking to kick it on to that next level, aren't you? And bring in other sometimes, players. Sometimes. Sometimes he, he players like Rodney Marsh can come into a team and it doesn't work for him. Well, that's what happened with Rodney. It didn't quite happen. They would have been no. better leaving Rodney on the sidelines till next season when All he right. got a pre-season, yeah? But, but but you say that, but what happens if they don't win the league? The people would still turn around and say, well, why didn't you buy it? Sometimes uh, you're devilled if you do you know, and you're so devilled if you don't, yeah. You know, I mean, I think they did the right thing. Mm. Maybe... Um, Maybe not to put him straight into the team. Mm-hmm. May have worked. It may not have worked. But in those days, you can buy you can buy a thirty million pound player and not get a game. But you, in you those know, days, when you bought players in those days, you had to play them. 
and of course Dennis Law was yeah. uh, was there in in them days as well at at, uh, at Man City. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well he started at City, didn't he? And then he he, he, did, he yeah. ended at, uh, yeah. at City as well, and famously scored the back heel that ultimately but, but, didn't but, but, relegate but United. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean Alan Hudson and was, City it, relegated him, but, but that but didn't do him any favours. Yeah, yeah it, it, it certainly was too. So we did mention the FA Cup and Ricky Villa's goal, one of the greatest FA Cup goals that we've seen. One of the greatest FA Cup ties of the third round that we've ever seen was your boy Sheffield Wednesday playing Arsenal in 1979, 6th of January 1979. It started and it ended on the 22nd of January after four draws and and Arsenal ran out winners at Filbert Street 2-0 eventually. Well, that year, year I um, joined Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Right, after the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Arsenal went on to win the FA Cup, beating Manchester United yeah, 3-2. Yeah. They were 2-0 down Man United, got it back um, to three to 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. I can remember somebody playing the ball out to uh, either Brady or the kid from Doncaster. Rixie. Graham Ricks. Graham Ricks. And Sunderland scoring the winner. He knocked the ball over the head of Bailey. Gary Bailey come out, couldn't quite yeah. get it. And yeah. Sunderland just right-footed, uh, slid the ball into the back of the net. 3-2. The greatest finish, but not a particularly great uh, FA Cup final. Um, but that, So what I'm going to get, that year, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, Arsenal won it. Mm. And at the Dell, that year, that quarter-final, we played them. Okay. Uh, uh, Arsenal. Terry Geno, somebody had a shot. Terry Geno, right, tipped the ball. I wish there's lots of things I do remember about the games. There's yeah. some games, you know, I don't, I can't remember certain things about it, but there's lots of, lots of things I remember. Mm. That game, we, Terry Geno tipped the ball onto the crossbar, Gabby. The ball, nine times out of ten, it drops over for a corner kick. Yeah. The ball, he tipped it on and it ran. On the on the on the crossbar, it rolled down the crossbar, mm. right? And again, I bet nine times out of ten it drops the other side of goal when it comes when it comes down. Yeah. It fell right to the when you came out at the Dell, it was a far side where the balls rolled, dropped down, yeah. and Price was come running in on his own, nobody marking him, coming in and, and made it one apiece, and then the, I think the beat is five nil up at Ivory. Yeah. And then they went on to win the FA Cup. If we beat them, I'm not saying we'd have won it, mm. right? But Man United probably would have won it that sh- that year. So in '79, with that famous FA Cup run of Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield were in the third division. Jack Charlton was the manager. Mm. He was clearing snow off the pitch before. Right. I think there was only four games that was played that day. Arsenal, um, Sheffield Wednesday, 1-1 against Arsenal was one of the few games. What month did you join in 1979 to uh, to Sheffield yeah. Wednesday's play for Jack? Well, no good, it's not good asking me that. I'll tell you when it was. It was after the, it was after the League Cup final. So whenever the league traditionally, Cup final was, traditionally that's played in February. It's right, now so, going to be played in April. Did yeah. you play? So you played, February. but did you play for Southampton against Arsenal in the fifth round? At the Dell, yeah, at the Dell. You left me out in the 
So was that the fifth round or the sixth round? Quarter-final. Quarter-final. So you're looking really towards the end of of March or April. Yeah. And then you must have joined just shortly after that. Uh, That's right. Uh, Yeah. March. You must have, yeah. If it was the sixth round. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually Uh, usually March, April. Yeah. It differs season to season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first game, well, not my first game, because I was on subs bench against Watford. Yeah. I'd signed on the Thursday, but dashing about, signed at five o'clock, I think it was. We didn't, well, we, we agreed terms in a sense that I said to Jack, I'm not coming out at first division to get paid third division wages. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we, that's all we said to each other. They said, don't worry about that. You'll get all that. Um, so I was playing third division football on, on first division wages, mm. but I jumped out of a taxi because they were trying their utmost best for me not to not to leave Southampton. Yeah, I jumped out of his car. Um, Ian, not Ian Bradford. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Assistant manager at the time. It'll come to me in a bit. I jumped out of his car uh, and got in a taxi, signed the papers, and then it was obviously uh, faxed off to. Uh, Sheffield went to put sent the facts in. Obviously, they got sent a message to Southampton, and he got Lou Chatterley, the uh, assistant manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, jumped out of his car and then got in a ta- got in a taxi and, and, and signed about five or ten minutes before the. Because in those days, it would transfer deadline was at five o'clock. Yeah. Right. So I played in that uh, quarter final. So we got a final. We we had a really mm. good season, uh, and I really started to buzz then because I ripped Everton apart. At the Dell, I ripped Wolves apart at the Dell, uh, playing really, really well, and that's when he offered me a three-year contract. I said no, no, and I mean, partly was because of him, but obviously partly I wanted to play for Sheffield Wednesday. TC Book Corner. I've oh, had. Oh, what we're going to say, I didn't. I've always posted. You'll never see this playing in snow. Right? What's that? And I put, I put a post on my wall. You'll yeah. never see this in Premier League playing in snow. I've got to take that back and apologise because <laughs> Arsenal and West Brom played in snow the other night. They, they, they did. They wouldn't have started if it had been snowing before they started, I will say that, but they did play in snow. Yeah, they, they, they did play in snow. You're absolutely right. They've got undersoil heating that tends to melt the snow these days. Back in your days in the 70s, we played in snow. We got the snow off the lines and we played with an orange ball, didn't listen, we? It listen, was Gabby, different in them I, days. Listen, Gabby, let me tell you something. There were sometimes when a manager didn't want a game to go on. Yep. So they would turn around and say the undersoil heating were broke. Yep. Guarantee you. Mm. That, that's what some did. Right? And there were times when they didn't want to play him. So what they would do, put the sprinklers on and waterlogged yep. pitch. Yeah. You know, so there's always ways and means of some managers not getting games on. Yeah. Book corner, TC. Book corner. We always look at, uh, at, at books. And... You do. But I must tell everybody, I'm, I've got to start looking at books because we, we face this book corner into it. And it's nobody asking me questions because I don't look at books that much, only autobiographies. Yeah. Um, and I've, do, I've got other things to do at the moment. But I will promise everybody I will start to look at books. I know you put it on, but even when you put things on, uh, unless they send them private to me, uh, I'm doing other things. And I, I do other things for other people, but I do other things for myself and all. So I must start to to uh, look at the book corner, uh, uh, not a bit more, but a lot more. Peach. So whatever you're going to throw at me, if I don't answer it, you know, I will always tell you the truth. I don't know. So... Some fantastic books from um, from Pitch Publishing. 
we're talking about the 70s. So the, one of the first books that I, I opened on uh, Christmas Day was Grandad, What Was Football Like in the 70s? And it was from one of your boys, Richard Crooks, who was a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. The inspiration for the book come from my grandson, Edward, age five, who wanted me to write a book about him. He should be pleased that he was the catalyst of the book. And he goes on to say that it, it is a it's an indulgence of his love of football during the 70s and on the front is that iconic picture of Pele when Santos came oh, yeah, to yeah. play at Hillsborough and that spine you, cop looks one of the greatest when you, look, I'm say when you look at that spine cop it's incredible Gabby I mm. don't mean to be big at anything mm. playing in that derby yeah. we know it was a third division game yeah yeah but regards what anybody says to me go and try and play in third division yeah when they say go and play third division go these players, when they come in from continent, they'll say, but yeah, can he play at Stoke on a wet Tuesday night? Exactly. Yeah. Who will play at Southend on a wet Tuesday night? Or Exeter? <laughs> yeah. We're not great players. When you've got great players with you, it's easy. But playing in that game, and it's not it's not the result, which it is in, in a sense of the, the importance of the fans and everybody else. But that that cop, when, when, when I came out, or we all came out, I looked at that cop, and you look and you think to yourself, wow. Because, you know, when you've got no stand on that cover yeah. on it, it goes right up. And when you see all the thousands and thousands of fans in that cop, mm. it is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable. incredible picture. And you do get one or two mentions in the book. I haven't started reading it yet, but I will do shortly. And then in Chapter 18, Showmen, Mavericks or both. Showmen included Terry Curran, a Yorkshire-born winger. And then he talks in fun memory of Terry Curran. So that is one that we're going to be looking at and I shall read. And also, Second Yellow is our second book, which Terry Curran gets an awful lot of mentions. Uh, during the, and I've read about 60 pages and you crop up an awful lot better to wake up with a bird on your arm than that, a bit. Yeah. What's, uh, what's, what book's that? Second this Yellow? This is Second Yellow it's a book with uh, John Smith and Dan Trelfer are they Wednesday fans? no they look at autobiographies and oh, pick, right. it's a right page turner, but right. it's it's a book that you can put down, pick up, and you could look at chapter 10, 12. You could read it in any order because yeah. it's all different things about autobiographies right. um, that they've read in so football. The obviously, they've got clips out of autobiography. Yeah, they have. Yeah, 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 a couple of clips on page eight of, of, of this book here. A quote from Terry Curran from, from your, your book. Better to wake up with a bird on your arm than an hangover in your head. Very true. Well, it is. I mean, <laughs> now, other people will look at it the other way, you know, because at least you do know what you're waking up inside of, <laughs> you know. So I understand that. But like I said, I've never really been a massive drunk, drinker. No, and no. I have got drunk, so I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Uh, I've never drank beer or lager in my life. Yeah. I've tasted them, didn't like them. Mm. Uh, so when I have got drunk, but I, but if I've been drunk five or six, because I'm seven at most, and I'm sixty-six, coming up sixty-six. Yeah, that that is true. Mm. That is true. I mean, players, I would never, I would never drunk at a football club. I've only been drunk since I packed in football. Yeah, you know. So I, mean, I would never, I, I would never drunk at any football club I played for. Very well, I didn't drink then. Yeah. I, I, I didn't drink. People will tell you I just drink, I drank Coca-Cola. 
And on page 66 of this book, Second Yellow, Terry Curran, Regrets of a Football Maverick, is a roller coaster of a memoir dealing, as it does, with Curran's eventful career, his work since, including owning the uh, the motorway cafe, etc., etc. And it goes on to say what a wonderful autobiography it is. And in that autobiography, you do say that you ended up watching England versus Scotland at your wedding. I did. Uh, <laughs> and I was in the Upton Arms. Uh, that's where we had the reception. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm, I, if I think Scotland beat us. What year was that one, TC? I'm at Notts Forest. I'm at Notts Forest, and the reason why I got married is she's a lovely, lovely girl. She was a lovely girl, bonny girl, and everything. Uh, Pluffy hated players not being married. Yeah. Or not being settled down, and he hated me. Keep going back, backwards and forwards. That was my first move away from home. And players will tell you, <clears throat> once you settle, once you get settled in somewhere. But I always, I've always been close to my family, as you know, mm-hmm. my mum and dad. So I would come back up, see my brothers. I would always do that anyway. I always did mm-hmm. it. Um, so I would at Forest. So it's round about 74, 75. Well, in seventy five, we absolutely smashed um, Scotland five. 5-0, 5-1 at Wembley. No, we, we lost. 71, we played at Amden Park. And I believe that was the game that, that Kenny scored when he put it under Clem's body. So you probably right. got yeah. married in 76. We didn't get hammered. No, we got beat 2-1. Oh, yeah, right. That, that must have been it then, around about 76. Can you remember 76. the day you got married in 76? Saturday, obviously Saturday. Yeah, it was a Saturday. I know, but the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, John McGovern was my best man. Yeah, no, he was. You was John's no. best man as well at his, wasn't you? No, 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 no. I didn't even know John's got married. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't. John, no, John was the best man at uh, my wedding. Um, but the, the reception was up to arms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in to watch... Uh, football and I remember Kim coming in and giving me a rollicking you know it's our wedding day you're watching football don't you get sick of football <laughs> obviously not <laughs> no I, I I get sick sometimes I got sick of the way I, some managers wanted to play yeah. that, but I will never get sick of football itself because there's enough teams for me to watch to enjoy a game when I'm watching Sheffield Wednesday get beat I don't get mad I don't get frustrated mm. I just think well why do we play that way? That so, you know, um, the the only time I turn telly off with, with football teams, I, I'll start watching a team, like I was watching uh, West Brom against Liverpool. Second, I didn't see a second. I just switched it yeah. off. I couldn't second watch half it. Was I was about to be truthful. I, I, I couldn't watch that. No, no, it, it didn't get any better for West Bromwich Albion. It didn't get much better for Liverpool, to be fair, because all they'd done was defend. Wednesday, it is Wednesday when we record the uh, the Current View podcast. Wednesday, traditionally, is the day that John Brindley comes round and you talk about your book and he's, you and him are writing the book. Was he round there today? How far down the line is the book and when are we going to get it published? Right, by whom? We've, we've, we've done now. Yeah. So we're going to be looking for a publisher. Yeah. Um, when I say we're looking for a publisher, I think no, I'll, I'll take that back. We're going to publish it, but yeah. we're going to try and find we're going to find out the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I always said I would never write a book because publishers make more money out of the book than you do. Yeah. Unless 
you know, you're in a big wig, and you and they're in the public out eye. Yeah. But when yeah. I wrote my book, it's you're not in the public eye. Yeah, absolutely. So nobody's going to come and offer you a lump yeah. sum to do a book. Yeah. Right. So uh, the last book, what a good seller. Mm-hmm. But we, me and John, didn't make anything out of it, or very little out of it. Yeah. Right. So what we, we what we said we would do, we're going to find out. We're going to go. We're going to get, get three quotes from. Uh, not the publishers, but from um, the printers. Yeah. And then we're going to do it, and then we're going to go around, uh, and I'll sell, I'll sell it from my um, web page because I've got now, we've got this book, uh, this web page with you. I've got that football web page I, I do, and then I've got my own uh, Facebook web page, yeah. and and now I'm on parlour and all. So that that's the way I we're going to sell it, and obviously I will go to certain clubs. Uh, if I can get him in at certain clubs, so that's how we will sell it. But it's done, and it's. I, I we're looking at we're looking at a time where the sales will be the best time to pitch it. Do you know what I mean? I would like, say would end been, of the football been, season if fans been, are in yeah, there. It mm. would have been it would have been ideal at Christmas time. Yeah, that's what it would have been ideal. Ideal, and then you, you've got to look up in the summer when people are going away on the holidays. But this is a bad year, isn't it? We've got the Euros. That might be a decent, especially with the vaccinations that that are due to come out. We may start coming out and going to football grounds this summer. So this summer could be a decent time to sell it. Or on the back burner till Christmas. Yeah. uh, I think it'll be out before Christmas. Yeah. But if we're using his heads right, that's the best time to put it out. Yeah, absolutely. I know a printer actually. I'll give him a shout. Yeah, give him a shout. Uh, mm. In fact, give him a shout. Yeah, and then send me his number. Yeah, will do. Because that's that's where you're going to make the more. And it's not making. It is making money out of it. Because I'm not lie about it. I'm not. What I'm trying to say is, mm. you get ripped off, and you get sick of being ripped off, Gabby. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you might as well do it. Mm. Pay the printer. You know, um, yourselves. So if we've got enough money to pay the printer. Mm. And that's what we're going to do. Well, we are going to do it. We're going to try and find the best one, or the not the, not taking the cheapest, because even that could work out the wrong wrong for you, can't it? Yeah, can't it's got it. to be done right because uh, they have to have a proof read on it, proof read it to make sure you know we're not liable for anything. Yeah. So um, what I'm looking at is I want to do everything right with this, and I want to when you market it. The the biggest thing is to market it. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you get, uh, once we get the publisher, and we're happy at that point of view, is to is to market it because I think that book of mine, I've had some really really great feedback from it. Brilliant book. But it but it was never it was never marketed. Mm-hmm. The, 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 what it was sold for, or more, it was like that record. Um, it was done. So I think that shop sold three thousand copies of that record yeah. and when I when I made that record and I didn't want to make it and they wanted me to sing the Wednesday when the United lose and I wouldn't do that because of all the trouble what were around in those days mm-hmm. what Alan Wood said to me and he sent me Alan sent me it's funny because Alan Wood sent me a message the other day now Alan Alan, Alan Wood is a big Sheffield Wednesday fan he was in Jimmy James uh, Jimmy James and the Vagabonds yeah and he wanted me to make this record we made it at, um, in all and he said, I can, get, I can get this into chart for you. And I said to him, Marjorie, you can get into chart. This is true, Gabby. Mm-hmm. So said, he said, well, what we will do, we'll send a bus down to Leicester, get people to buy it. Mm-hmm. So they would give him the money. Uh, they, it, 
Alan's company would give them uh, the, these people the money, the busload. So Newcastle, Manchester, New, uh, Newcastle, Manchester, Leicester, London, these major cities, Liverpool. So you go in and you buy, and then and then, then when you start giving people buying other people, I'm not saying that everybody's going to buy that type of record because a football it's a football record. But the more publicity you get with it, the more people will buy it. And that's how they got them. I mean, it'd be different nowadays because I think you download things now, pay for things, download. Yeah, you do. I think that's what my kids do. Um, but in those days, that's that's how they got them into charts. Mm. You know, by by sending busloads. It just shows you how they cheat with things, isn't it? doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And the last book in our book corner for this uh, for this week is all crazy now from David Tussell. Tussell. I'm doing a podcast with David, a chapter of my life. And the first question I will be saying to David, is it David Tossel or David Tussell? I don't know. But he's wrote many a book and his last venture was Natural, the uh, the book about Jimmy Greaves. Another book that I absolutely love and adore is uh, John Charles, King John. Uh, History Vault or Time Vault, I don't know how you want to uh, look at it, but John Charles was one of our all-time great oh, footballers, wasn't he? Gentleman. Was yeah. A gentleman, him, you know. Yeah, gentleman. Really, John. really nice guy. Yeah. I, when I say gentle, I don't mean... What I mean by gentle, so polite. Yeah. So polite. He's a beautiful fellow. I, I mean, obviously, he's died now. He's, he's yeah. dead now. But I met him a couple of times, and no airs of grace was on him whatsoever, you know. Sad, sad, sad uh, with John Child because, uh, like I say, he was a nice guy. And world class at both centre half and, yeah. and centre forward. He's been one of the major players. What did produce for the British Isles on the continent? You know, I mean, he was well liked in Juventus. Oh, absolutely, and by Torino you know, fans as well. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and 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 uh, and and at Leeds United, and everybody would when would talk about John John Charles in those in those days. The majority of them were. were uh, John Charles with, the, with their favourite player. Absolutely. Big Ron says to me, if I could put a, all the ingredients to make the ultimate football player, it would come out as John Charles. And there's a wonderful autobiography, John Charles, King John, uh, out on the, uh, well, I suppose, go on to Amazon or Good Books and, and you might find it. Hopefully it's, it's still being printed because memories of great players like John should live forever and yeah. books like that should be printed forever, never to they... be forgotten. They would have been, they would live forever yeah. if it were all camera up. Yeah, yeah. All what's left is for people to talk about, but then yeah. all those people what knew John and saw John Charles play, they're all dying off. Yeah, they are. I'm going to be doing a podcast with uh, Ron Atkinson. So, that's uh, the, so they, his name would have, his name would always go down. Well, it'll always be down in history because there'll always be people what, what will read from books how good John was. But you'll they'll never be able to see because there were no TV. Well, there were, but not like it is nowadays. By the way, is that over coming on? It's shortly. I watch this Manchester United and uh, oh, no. Manchester City game. There's been two goals disallowed. It's only been played five minutes. Got to give a shout out to. Oh, by the way, just hang on a bit. Yep. Who scored the two goals? Uh, own goal, John Stones knocked it in, and I think it was Gundogan. So uh, it would have been 1-1, but both were offside. So right. a quick shout out for Rachel Violet, whose uh, new documentary, Big Time Soccer, Story of the NSL, is out soon. The uh, the trailer is on, the current view, 
our podcast, uh, sorry, our podcast, our Facebook and our Twitter pages. So, guys, if you want to check that out at Current View or the Current View on uh, on Facebook, you can have a look at that because it's a fantastic podcast coming out. Next week, we will do eight defenders TC for the Euros because you're right. absolutely right. The football forecast and the vacuum is going on as, as I talk to you. But before we do, quickly, briefly, behind the lens, that picture of you uh, playing for Sheffield Wednesday, when you're looking at something, it looks as though you're looking at your hand. You've just picked up a piece of paper or a, or, or, or something from a fortune cookie. It was, it was a Sheffield Derby, Elizabeth, Boxing Day. Oh, OK. That's the game. Yeah. That's the game. Um, and I desecrated my finger. Oh, OK. And what they did, they put a, like a bandage around it. Mm. And it was irritating me. You know, I was thinking about taking the bandage off. Yeah. You know, um, but I left it on. I left it on. But uh, that's what it was. It, it, I got a dislocated finger. How did you do uh, your dislocation? Well, what you're running is people. You, you're either pushing people off or they're pushing you off. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you fall. It, it was something when I'd fall, my, my finger had turned the other way. Blimey. Right. And it, it didn't break. It just dis- it came out of joint and I pushed it back. It bloody stung when I pushed it back. I bet it did. You know, um, but it's a funny shape. I will say that it's a funny shape. What are more the dislocation or them fifty pence pieces? The United fans were chucking at you at Leppings Lane end. The f- the fifty pence pieces. <laughs> Make no mistake on that because they did it. <laughs> Football but for about fifty pence. I think they were threatening the bits in them days. Yeah, or pennies. Probably. <laughs> they bloody hurt whatever they were chucking at you. Football forecast in two, so our magnificent seven. We follow seven football clubs. First up, Friday night, FA Cup it is this week. Third round, Aston Villa versus Liverpool. How do you see that one going? Ooh, the, the Villa want to try and win a trophy. They're playing quite well. I thought they played really well against Manchester United. Um, I'm going to go Villa. I, th- I think Liverpool uh, have got some injuries and I think they'll play a weakened team. I think Villa. Yeah, I think both will, uh, will make changes. Score. 1-0, 2 one. One, uh, 2-1, I'm going to go for. 2-1, I'm going to go 2-1 as well, because I think Villa will beat Liverpool. Everton uh, versus Rotherham. How did you see that one go? Everton, 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to go Everton, 2-0. Forest versus Cardiff. Difficult I don't one, think, I don't. Well, it's not a difficult one, because what I look at, yeah. he'll want, want to keep Forest up. I think Forest will stay up, right? But if Chris Hilton is not bothered about the FA Cup. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm looking at. So I think you play a weak team. I think Cardiff will win that. Score? Uh, 1-0. Yeah, I've gone 2-1. I think Fernandez has scored, by the way, if I just look over my shoulder. Yeah, first time. Sh- oh, no, he hasn't. He nearly did. Um, goalkeeper tipped it over the bar. Uh, Chorley versus Derby County. How do you see this Derby, one going? Derby. Derby. to play a bit better. I thought they were a bit lucky against Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm glad they got beat because I want obviously I want us to stay up. Yeah. But I want Derby to stay up and all, but... Um, the beat Birmingham. I don't, sorry, Gabby, I didn't mean to. I'm a dust man. Yeah, but the, the beat Birmingham five and they four. played really well. Four, wasn't it? Well, four, my four, five subs. Um, and I thought we, we'd have a bit of problems with them. And to be honest, we couldn't get the ball off them, but we got the two good goals. We got two good goals yeah. and the, the three points, which were the most important things. Like, Without question of a doubt, a 4 0 uh, 4 0 uh, derby. Yeah, I've actually put 4 0 as well, TC. Jesus, where were we? I know. <laughs> They're going to be very there. similar, all of them. Everything uh, we've got, got, got the same way all. I know, I know. Uh, Exeter versus Sheffield Wednesday. I can't see a slip up here, neither, to be fair. I don't know. I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw. Okay, I've gone 2 0 Sheffield Wednesday. I think, I think this could be a, 
a month slip of this. God, I hope it ain't a replay of 1979 too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Huddersfield versus Plymouth. Uh, Huddersfield, 1-0. Yeah, I've gone Huddersfield, 2-1. And finally, Saints versus Shrewsbury, but the game could be called off with a number of uh, COVID victims for uh, for Shrewsbury. So let's assume it's on. What would you score, by? 4-0, Southampton. Yeah, I'm going 3-1 to Southampton, 4-0. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. TC, thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for listening. Love to you and yours. And we are going to go out with uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, the most iconic football anthem ever performed by Jerry and the Pacemakers. Brilliant. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, love to yours. Uh, hope you all have a great weekend, and I hope your team do really well. Speak soon, Gabs. Start Man TC, let's go and watch bye Manchester bye. United and City. Ta da, mate. Bye bye. bye, bye. Hold your hand up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end. Of a stone, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of love. Walk on.